This is Binod Shankar. You're listening to the Real Finance Mentor podcast from the realfinancementor.com. The Real Finance Mentor is your go-to resource for insight and inspiration on careers in finance, CFA, and more. Now, you would think, why this podcast? Well, my goal is to deliver insight and inspiration for your finance career by making it one relatable. This is not theoretical stuff. We zero in on the critical, practical issues. Number two, authentic. No bullshit. No sidestepping. The topics, guests, and questions are all from that perspective. And number three, take a chartered accountant, CFA charter holder, add 17 plus years as a corporate warrior, mix in 10 years of entrepreneurship, during a decade of full-time CFA training, add speaking, mentoring, cycling, and mountaineering, and that's me. Welcome to the Real Finance Mentor, or as I call it, RFM. Welcome to the very first episode of the Real Finance Mentor podcast. So as I promised, we try to bring together practitioners, academics, candidates to deliver insight and inspiration for your finance career. And today is the very first episode. I have with me someone who I like and respect a lot and who is also a bit of an inspiration. Karishma Bhatia is a CFA charter holder who I've seen through level one, two and three as she sat in my CFA classes. She is also a working mom. She's also quite successful in her own right in the finance world. And of course, we share a common passion, which is that we are both endurance athletes. She's a long distance runner who has run a 10K and also a half marathon. Welcome to the Real Finance Mentor Podcast, Karishma. So Karishma, introduce yourself. Uh, tell me more about yourself. So I did. I started my CFA in 2011, and yes, and I work for a bank. I mother a six-year-old and a wife to a 37-year-old, and both are equally in the same mental capability. <laughs> right. I hope your husband is not listening to this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So uh, you had an interesting journey. Yeah. From college, obviously, to CFA, um, then you know, the, and, and CFA itself was quite challenging, and we'll talk about that as well, right? But before we go into all that. Why did you start CFA? It's a question that, you know, I ask a lot of people, I get different answers. So what's your reason for starting the, to get the three letters after your name? Uh, so I was planning uh, to do something post-graduation. So I was planning Masters of Finance. I was planning something that I could uh, do to enhance where I was. So I came across CFA uh, as a course. I, had, I knew a couple of people who were doing it, and I wanted to know what exactly it was. So I did my research. And um, the only course that actually gave you a, a fantastic coverage of everything in, in finance was CFA. So I decided to, uh, you know, give it a shot. Mm. It's the same reason why I started my CFA journey way back in 2003, because I thought, you know what, a fantastic global qualification, brilliant structured curriculum, and a lot of new things, right, that you never covered in BCom or in your case, you know, in, in, in finance uh, graduation program. Yes. Or in my case, in my CA as well, right? So actually, it's quite a quite a lot of learning experience to start the CFA program, right? Now, of course, whenever people hear of CFA, the first thing that comes to their mind is, oh my God, it's tough. And it is tough. And you have had your share of challenges. But before we go to the different levels, uh, what are the top three challenges that you had personally in CFA? And how did you crack this? So um, in CFA, First of all, the fact that it covers so many topics, so many mm. subjects, mm. Uh, that itself is a challenge, right? Because you are exposed to one or two it's uh, kinds quite broad. of... Yeah, it's quite it is broad. very broad. You're yeah. only exposed to one or two kind of, um, you know, it, one is related to your work. So I was, relate, I, was, I was working in an insurance industry. So I knew about financial products, investment products. But CFA covers 
a lot more like mm. derivatives and chips and um, so many topics that I have not even heard of. I used to hate derivatives. I still hate derivatives. Uh, but true. So you actually you study topics which you've never worked on in real life at work. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. a challenge because that I find that if you don't have relevance, you don't get the motivation. And, and you can't see the connection. And it, you struggle to understand the concept itself. So, uh, so one was, of course, the topics, right? Derivatives, portfolio, valuation, and GIPS. God, GIPS is one hell of a theoretical topic uh, in level three. What else was there? What other issues did you have? Uh, in, in, one was, of course, the other issue was no real-time experience in these topics. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and plus it was straight out of college. Mm. Okay. So mm. many, uh, you know, a lot of things were theoretical for me in terms of topics and very, with very less practical experience. So, for example, if I, if I did an FX problem, okay, for me it was a math problem. But in reality, I've never really done an FX transaction mm. at that mm. point of time. So I had to use uh, a lot of time to get the concepts right. So but, a lot of work. Yeah. But surely a lot of this that you covered in CFA, at least in level one, and maybe two, you covered that in your grad program in college, right? Your, Partially, Your BBA yes. or Partially. Your bachelor's in accounting or finance. Partially. But not to the depth not or the depth, to the yes. breadth the of what the CFA, CFA offers. Yeah, yeah, yeah CFA covers, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so let's move on now to the rest of the CFA journey because this is where it gets interesting. Mm. Now you cracked level one in the first attempt. First attempt. First attempt. I remember that, right? Um, and then you had issues from level two onwards. Now, take us through your journey in level two, and then we'll talk about level three later. What happened in level two in your first attempt? Uh, why did it happen? And how did you, as using the old words, how did you damage control this? Um, I was getting married. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. I, just after my level one exam, level two exam, that is, was in June. I was getting married in July. Right. So, um, I'm a North Indian, mm. and the amount of work that goes into a wedding. How do you time your marriage to be in July when the, you know very well, like well in advance that the exam is in June? Moving on. Anyway, let's not go into that. Okay. <laughs> I was missing challenges. <laughs> right. Okay. And you, you've got a real challenge. Yeah. I got a real challenge. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I was getting married. Obviously, um, you know, there, there was a lot of planning to do and things like that. But apart from that, I think the real problem uh, that I didn't, uh, you know, get through the level was the fact that I had underestimated level two. Yeah, this is in a big issue I see a lot because I think there's a huge difference between level two and level one. There's a big jump. Big, huge, huge I, leap. I say that level one is like walking through a parking lot puddle. It's like one inch deep, but maybe a mile long. And level two, level one is a parking lot puddle and level two is an ocean. Where Absolutely. it is where 10 miles long and 10 miles deep. That's probably exactly... The topics are many. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it gets a lot more complex from level one. All right. In terms of they're getting deeper into every topic and... And remember, we still don't have the real experience. We still don't have the real-time experience. So uh, that was the biggest challenge, practicing, mm -hmm. all right? In level one, we had you know individual isolated questions. In level two, we had the whole item set. So we had to relate everything to that. Mm -hmm. So I believe practice was the main thing that I was lacking, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, level two requires a lot more time, mm -hmm. okay? Level three, 90 days to a little longer. But I think level two requires more time. So this is a question that people ask me often. How many hours are required for level one and level two? And how many hours did you spend in level one compared to level two? Approximately. Le level one, I did about three hours a day. Total hours. Total hours would be... No, just approximate number. Uh, 
approximately i think 700 hours for level 1 for le- for level 2 level 2 and yeah. level 1 level 1 would be approximately 400 500 about half hours. that half of that yes okay. yes okay. Uh, level 2 i think requires more number of hours if you are not experienced in those uh, levels mm. and you are mm. again looking at things uh, you know differently from an experienced person mm. so mm. Uh, if you most of the topics like again you know derivatives always comes to my mind whenever i talk about challenges right mm. so derivatives has swaps and all of those and those require a lot of practices a uh, lot of practice so you know because you're never probably going to do a swap i've still not done a swap in my real life but i'm never going to do that but i have to get that i have to nail that concept so it right. required a lot of time so level 2 first attempt flunked level 2 first attempt flunked and yeah. and now you know why in retrospect of course you know hindsight yes. is a great uh, is a great tool right So damage control. Now you mentioned why you went wrong, but go into the damage control. How did you pass the second time round? What do you do that is different? So I got married, okay. and I had uh, that whole thing out of my head now. Right. So I can focus now, mm. and that was more important. Focus, okay. And with focus, I started focusing on the bigger and the most important topics. Which were? Uh, which were? Um, FRA. FRA. equity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and i think fixed income was fixed also income yeah, was and, and very important ethics was yeah, always yeah. throughout all levels was very important yeah. so i focused on the bigger topics where most of the chunk lied mm. i i still remember some concepts of fixed income that mm. we had to you know you know so mm. i started visualizing and i had i had started uh, making notes i mean wrote level 2 you flung that and we know why right like a focus like a practice you said that but then you went on to pass level 2 the second time around Now tell us more what happened or what do you say damage control what do you do that is different in level 2 the second time around So what I did is I definitely practiced a lot more okay and I focused a lot on the bigger topics all right so bigger topics in level 2 mainly the the uh, fixed income the FRA the equity and ethics very mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. I think this these four cover almost 50 or 70% of the portion right so I focused on the bigger topics I also started using the CFA curriculum at this point mm. okay because I felt that the language they use in the curriculum was very close to the language they use in the exam mm. all right mm. uh, the the way the questions were framed the way the uh, the language went in terms of where they were going to and I know how they were going to conclude it I I started getting used to that way of reading and mm. understanding what they're asking because mm. i was getting my concepts from the curriculum directly it's something that i also tell students by the way that if i mean shweza is used by a lot of people and various other prep materials but if you don't make it the first time round one possible reason is because we haven't got the underlying concepts yet like probably was in your case for level 2 yes. and hence it's always always advisable go back to the curriculum because it's nothing as good as you know it's very elaborate detailed and deep Yes. Like you said, with a lot of examples, uh, with a lot of extensive examples, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that was another thing. Anything else that sort of helped you a lot in the second time round? Um, so, one of the re- things that I used Schweizer was for just practicing the concept. Mm. So, once I've gone through the bigger topics, okay. So, if I went through fixed income, I did the fixed income from the curriculum. I went through the topic. I went through the concept, and just to see if I understood, I used Schweizer to just. revise it hmm. because schweizer or any of these uh, books have a good concise uh, and easy to understand language it's very summarized very summarized hmm. so it helped okay hmm. so uh, it may sound very tedious that sh- you know you're going through the curriculum and then you're going through the schweizer but you know you had to get it right you had to get the whole concept right right and um, question reading hmm. i think you know preparation is one side uh, execution is the other right so the 6 hour exam 
your mindset your frame of mind is very important mm. so you know you need to be in the right frame of mind mm. if you have a lot going on it gets mm. it Got gets it. difficult right so that was your level 2 journey right so a lot of lessons yeah. learned there especially mm. in terms of you know uh, conceptual understanding and going to depth cfa curriculum next of course was level 3 and level 3 under the set of challenges yes. um so tell us what happened in level 3 and why so again i was lacking challenges in life <laughs> exactly you yes. took another challenge another in life. challenge so i was pregnant <laughs> and um, i had uh, delivered so i took a year uh, gap in mm. between uh, post level 2 and um, so for me level 3 decision came when i was uh, my baby was 4 months mm. to start and getting back to level 3 and at that time uh, obviously there was a break from level 2 to level 3 so there was a lot of revision of level 2 to be done and um, and which, i was a, which actually sorry also reminds me that when i mean i tell students don't take a break go with the momentum yes very momentum important momentum is very important very people important. always say should i take a break between level 1 and 2 or 2 and 3 i say no for two reasons one is the well, three reasons right momentum is there the motivation is there and thirdly the memory i call it 3m formula right you, yes. you remember the earlier level which is important for level 2 especially level 2 which is based so much on level 1 uh the the motivation is there because you're still in you know sort of in, in study mode in a way and momentum is there because you know yeah. you continue studying absolutely right absolutely so the break also made me forget a lot of concepts mm. right level 1 all the way from level 1 so uh, the break was a big challenge so i didn't clear my level 3 in the first attempt mm. uh which i felt was uh, very difficult at that point of time because the whole concept was different from level 2 and 1 Hmm. All right, and here we are now writing the answers. We are uh, going to attend those questions more differently. Um, in level two and one, you can manage with a gray area because you know what is closer to the answer. You have But the comfort of multiple choice. Multiple like I tell choice, people. absolutely. Yeah. But you do not have that in level three. So you need to be on point, precise, completely understand what they're asking. I think one of the biggest challenges in level three, you're staring at a blank piece of paper where there's no choice available, and you just have what twenty-five minutes or whatever. to write some concise answers very quickly yes yeah. and one biggest thing in level 3 is sometimes you because you've spent so much of time studying all right you think it is asking you something that you've studied hmm. and you think they're asking you something that you've already answered and so you tend to start you know interpreting that question the way hmm. it is that you know because i'd studied this so i'm sure they're asking about this but they are asking something else so read the question very important so tell me what was one reason why you flunked level 3 the first time and this happens to a lot of students by the way cfa what did you underestimate level 3 because a lot of cfa students think that level 2 is the core of cfa is the toughest part of cfa and once level 2 is done that's it you know halas everything is over we can sort of move on to the rest of life and level 3 is just you know a what do you call a a a, a what do you call walk in the park was there any uh, complacency on your part uh no i just had too much on my plate Okay. I just felt I had too much on my platter because mm. I had a four-month-old baby at that time, and I had to juggle between work, mm. uh, being a mum, and I was an active single parent at that time. Mm. My husband was not living with me; he was living in Abu Dhabi. And um, I thought you said he was divorced. Something, you know, the way he's not living with you. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, not yet. CFA did not uh, lead Cause to divorce. Lead to a divorce. divorce yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so okay. I was. Uh, I mean, I I would I had the comfort of him being on the weekends, so mm. I went all out on weekends. But you know, during the week when I had. Well, alone uh, yes i mean i had to get to work i had to en- ensure that i put my baby somewhere that he's taken care of and um, you know get to classes or get to studying so it it was challenging so the morning session of the exam at level 3 the first time you wrote it hmm. was it tough did you manage to complete all the questions did you leave some questions on the table what do you remember 
I remember completing the paper. Hmm. All right. So I think that's why I probably didn't clear because I think I went too fast. Okay. Well, that's probably interesting. Probably went too fast. Okay. okay. When I say went too fast, I may have not read the questions properly. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So uh, if I, it's the moment you start the paper, it's like a race, right? You have to, you have to just run through. And, um, you know, probably understanding the questions. Mm -hmm. or, you know what exactly they were asking that was lacking or maybe in, in the race of finishing the paper so I think a lot of these small factors are very important yeah how did you find the in the first attempt how did you find the item set part was it easy for you the afternoon the PM session of the exam so level three uh, both the times when I attended mm. I felt that you don't really know how your level three morning paper goes because you feel you've done it right mm. because you've put the answers right True. Uh, because you don't know it's not like I can discuss it with a fellow and say it's A or B but it is your answer right or unless you have topics like behavioral where you can just identify the bias Right? Okay, right. So topics like this, you can easily identify if your answers are correct. But level three morning papers, generally, um, you've, you know, I, I mean, both the morning papers, my level uh, three first attempt and the second, I completed my paper for sure. But in level three, the second time, I was more focused in understanding. Hmm. So picking hmm. up where they want to do, uh, hmm. what what kind of answers they are looking for. Right. So I was that came that came with a lot of practice. Right. So the item sets were easier for you compared to the essays? I mean, the afternoon item sets, level three? Item sets, yes. Were easier? Were much easier, were much mm. easier. In fact, because you've um, done that in level one and level two, mm. so it was not a walk in the park because mm. obviously mm. the levels are more harder, mm. but it was definitely easier than the morning, right. if I were to. So compare. again, going back to damage control in level three, so what are the three things or two things you did in level three differently the second time around? That's sort of because you nailed it the second time, right? Yeah, yeah. I nailed it in the second time mm. because um, obviously my son had grown up mm. a little. Okay, six months, right? So Makes he's a year, year older. Yes. And uh, scheduling was very important for me, right? For me, uh, using the evening timing very well and using the weekends the, to the most. And uh, what was important is... Uh, using my free time at work. So mm. sometimes I would use my break hours and all just to focus and read a little bit. And you know, when you're doing the second time around, it's relatively definitely, you know, you, you're going to bring, it's it's easier. So so did you did you use the curriculum this time more than the first time? Uh, Always. Level three? So level two onwards, I mm. started thinking that curriculum is where I want to, because that mm. makes me more clearer in the concept. So curriculum, very important. The questions of the curriculum, the examples of the curriculum, I've always, uh, found that better hmm. and uh, understood the language better in the curriculum. I feel it's very close to the exam. Right. So at least again, if I think people don't have the time, they should focus on the bigger topics from the curriculum. Very important. Right. Yeah. So interesting journey overall. Um, yes. And you learned a lot about that as well. And, and we'll come to that part. What have you learned in, in CFA, in career and of course in life? But before that, CFA right now, of course, you're, you're a wealth advisor, you work in wealth management. How does CFA exactly help you at work? Um, does it even have any benefit for you? And how? Well, overall, you are uh, much better in uh, you know facing challenges. I think uh, uh, you know you are your personality develops in a certain way when you mm. when you do difficult exams like these, right? So I think it helps in identifying opportunities and problem solving, especially in the current market. It's it's really tough in the current market, right? Um, uh, that is so. When we meet clients, we can understand what they're going through you know, be it in terms of their payments or in terms of their business, um, financial markets around the world, we understand, right? So I think that it really mm. helps because mm. you're conceptually stronger and you know and you understand what's going on. Um, you stand out. 
in terms mm. of your communication level and how you you know give advice on your portfolios and how you learn to diversify them uh, and and you know most of the wealth managers i feel look at uh, you know investment in isolation all right but this you know we used to have a huge topic about looking at things in a holistic in a holistic way holistic yes way, right yeah, yeah. Uh, so i need to look at your entire net worth to understand what it is that should fit in your portfolio so that is i think cfas helped me a lot in that what what you call asset integration rather than asset segregation uh, yes yeah? absolutely the portfolio approach towards things rather than looking at individual assets so so it has it impressed you i mean have you walked into a meeting with a client or potential employer and 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 he sees cfa and he goes whoa okay that's interesting or Has, has, has that happened? Has happened a couple of times. I've okay. had a few clients who've oh, you know, uh, you know, you're a CFA. Uh, it's it's really nice. You feel good. You feel mm. confident. But there are times that uh, we've ha- I've had con you know we clients and I've had conversations gone on to no. from this corner of the world to this corner of the world because he's been so impressed that mm. uh, I, I was a CFA charter okay. holder. So and um, many a times it leads to many conversations and right. you know you. you just enjoy it you just enjoy that people look at you in that light people look at you with that you know that respect mm-hmm. right so we've talked about your life as a student we've talked about your life sort of as a wealth manager in a career um let's talk about career itself because uh, i want to focus on this part about you know women in finance now as you know women are disproportionately represented in finance and cfa program as well Uh, there are very few analysts women analysts compared to men or, or cfos or you know cios uh, i think this is because of certain misconceptions about women in finance you probably familiar with those but yeah. i want to hear from you what do you think are the challenges or misconceptions that you have personally experienced uh, as a woman in finance um so women are considered emotional right so i think they uh, you know they feel that uh, many of i've had this situation that uh, they feel the organizations or managers feel that you know sh- she's not going to be able to manage a difficult situation because mm. she's emotional and a decision making capability will be compared or impaired, impaired yeah, yeah. Mm. and um, and cannot handle challenges mm. all right and there is a misconception again about the restricted working hours because she's a mum and mm. uh, she's she has to go home and she has family planning to do and a lot of so uh, she can't devote as much time as a male work. counterparts to work to and work, after yeah. work or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and uh, i feel that uh, there is there is also a misconception about the caliber and the intellectual capability mm. uh, you know um, i mean they, there's always an understanding that a, a man could just do things better because again he's not emotional secondly he would know a lot about current affairs mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. i which i don't completely agree mm-hmm. to so mm-hmm. you know because and i'm in the field of meeting a lot of clients i meet businessmen i work in business banking so you know there is an understanding that you know you can go and do a lot talk a lot about current affairs and understanding what's going on in the uae market mm. only a man could do that that's i think mm. is not completely so, so a lot of interesting misconceptions which yeah. still exist funnily enough it, it even, is, even yes. in, in this year right 2000 uh, 2019 uh, which must have been a challenge for you of course when you when you when you're trying to get promotions or trying to switch careers or you know when you go to interview with a potential employer so you know i really appreciate uh, what what women go through um, in, in 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 a finance career right But again, let's talk about again from your aspect another challenge that you have faced, right? Uh, and I'm sure a lot of listeners, uh, few listeners, might be interested in that as a working mom. Yeah. Uh, because uh, although when you entered, when you did level one, you were not married, but when you did level two, you were married, and when you did level three, you were married and had a child as well. 
so how did you balance these three things? When I say three things, I'm talking about the three most important things in your life. Starting, of course, with the most important thing, which is CFA, <laughs> then uh, uh, work and family. So work, CFA, studies, work and family. Yeah. How do you juggle these three balls? How do you keep all this in the air? And, and because all three are important. Uh, you can't let work collapse because you get fired. You can't let family collapse because you might, you might get divorced or your son might turn against you when he grows up. Yeah. And you don't want to drop the CFA ball because uh, it could flunk. <laughs> so, so how did you pull it off? So I think what is important is time management. Very important. I think about uh, focusing on, um, you know, giving time to everything, right? Quality mm. time. Yeah. Mm. Yes, mm. I did miss out a lot. Well, while I was studying, I couldn't take him to the garden. I couldn't take, uh, you know, spend a lot of movie time with family and things like that. But I think those are the choices I made. All right. And again, these are smaller battles to win the war, right? So there are a few uh, decisions I made in terms of deciding, you know, about quality time and deciding as to what battles I want to choose as a homemaker and things like that, you know. And luckily, we live in UAE where help is available, mm, you know. Mm, um, mm. You know, your basic uh, food and things can be taken care of. So, yes, I, I, I approached help. I mean, I, I wouldn't shy saying that. I approached help. I used where I could manage. And... Um, and supporting partner, my partner was really supportive. For any challenge that I picked up then, or even today, he's really supportive. He he says, go for it. I, I must talk to Ajay because I know your husband Ajay well as well. So I need to talk to him and find out exactly what has he gone through. Because right now I'm only listening to your side of the story. And you seem to have gone through a lot. But I'm sure he has own story to tell as well. Probably I should invite him on a separate podcast yes. interview. Uh, partners, of CFA exactly, the partners of CFA. Exactly. Partners of CFA.com or some kind of challenge. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so basically time management, prioritization yeah. and uh, seeking help. Uh, seeking having help, a supporting, absolutely. Having supporting. a supporting partner also helps a lot. And of course, uh, you know, ma managing your daily work schedule is very important, right? Uh, so it's so an interesting uh, part. So, but let's go to another part of what, which we went never talked about. It's not about your studies or college or CFA or career or being a mom. Uh, something which I found out recently <laughs> when you sent me a WhatsApp message a few weeks ago of uh, you having run a midnight half marathon in Budapest, Budapest, which for listeners is in, is in Eastern Europe, is in Hungary. Uh, and and this is a girl who I know for the last 10 years who was a smoker, not a heavy one she says, but that probably means 10 packets a day, I don't know, uh, <laughs> who couldn't run two, two kilometers. Uh, and then she suddenly sends me this message on one night saying, hey, I've just finished a two hour, 20 minute half marathon at midnight in this city as part of a half marathon competition. I'm like, what's happening here? So tell me what started the fitness journey. So. So like I said, I used to, I was a casual smoker, okay, so I, I don't know what that means, but let's move on. <laughs> I couldn't, so the first time I went running was again a, a one casual morning, I decided okay. to go for a quick run, yeah. and I realized that in, in about one or two kilometers, my heart almost came in my mouth, so mm -hmm. I couldn't run, okay, so right. I couldn't run, and I wasn't, uh, I'm not genetically blessed with my genes of fitness, yeah, so I had to work a little bit, so I realized that it's time to work. I'm I'm only 29, and at that time I was only 29, and I decided that I'm not going to go very long if I continue this way. So my f fitness journey started somewhere there. But hold on, before you go forward, every journey has a reason. There's a trigger. There is a there's a there's something or someone that pushed you. So what exactly happened? Uh... So I met a couple of. Uh, you know, runners at that point of time, because when I started my running journey, I met a couple of runners and I had a couple of people in my 
at my workplace who were senior runners you know that's what they call themselves mm. uh, okay <laughs> because <laughs> interesting <laughs> it's interesting right okay. so th- they were they were um, they, so i this this colleague of mine um, i you know i happened to speak to him and he was he had just finished his berlin marathon and uh, apparently it was his pb a pb means personal best mm. okay mm. and um, and he he did a great job and apparently it was his fifth marathon and i was inspired i mm. said why would anybody do that why would anybody run 42 kilometers and try to you know better it every time so i got inspired by that and then i wanted to discover it i wanted to see um you know what more i can do with mm. this um it obviously challenging it is challenging and i re- i started linking this with um, you know i can i can link this with cfa mm. okay it requires mm. a lot of discipline persistence and regular work right uh, regular hard work so uh, so this is what i uh, so are you saying effectively that by doing cfa actually maybe make up unconsciously probably helped you in this half marathon journey you never know absolutely right? you, i mean absolutely i think yeah. so right because you are mentally there mm, okay mm. and so what was important is not you know i was in a comfort zone mm. i had to discover something that i wanted to do and i found uh, my comfort in running fantastic because i keep preaching as you very well know about health and fitness to everyone and anyone who cares to listen and i find only a fraction of people actually even plan to take up my advice but i'm uh, delighted that you know at that uh, midnight uh, whatsapp message of yours uh, about the half marathon the putapest so what's the next goal in fitness what are you going to do um, is it a full marathon um, what else hopefully a full marathon next mm. year okay great so mm. yes i'm training mm. for it okay fantastic uh so now we sort of you know almost come to the end of this uh, very interesting interview almost you know of 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 uh, narrative of your journey and i've gone through a lot right i mean in terms of of course the studies part the cfa part the failure in cfa uh, switching jobs you know from from insurance where you were a long time ago to become going to wealth management uh, fitness journey which you started recently so you learned a lot uh, you're matured so what are the three top lessons uh, briefly that you learned in life and career uh, and and how did that happen so i i link this to a bit of my running okay and when when i was running my recent half uh, marathon hmm. yes and uh, i i i was uh, in the, at about uh, start right at the 6th kilometer i was running and i happened to see this group of uh, runners who were led by this one with a flag i didn't know what that flag meant but then i looked at those runners this is while i'm running i looked they were all visually challenged mm. and they were all running in the night wow okay and that moment i realized that what am i complaining about if they can mm. i can i have a i have a pair of legs they do you just have to get there and start running right so this is what i learned that you know you can't complain about anything you have a lot more than you think so the first lesson is don't complain don't complain yeah i agree with you yeah and the second lesson that i could say is failure mm. okay i i've i've been a good student from uh, from all my school college levels again you know deans list and all that and i never experienced failing so um, obviously you know there are two different things right This classroom studying in school is different from cfa but i had never failed so it it was number one mentally challenging to deal with it uh, to you know embrace it to accept failure and uh, obviously you know you have to work on it mentally before you actually start executing a new plan so that was one very important lesson that uh, it's okay i still remember uh, sorry to interrupt i still remember the message you sent me after you failed i think level 
2 or level 3 the first time. I remember this went like 24 hours or 48 hours after the results had come out, when normally people are in a state of shock or disappointment. And you were quite calm about it and you were saying, you know what, this happens in life, you have to deal with it and I intend to move on. I was quite impressed even at that point. I think I, if you remember the exchange, right? And I was thinking, uh, she's quite unique because people don't normally react to failure after studying for so long mm. in such an important exam. Mm. So, so second lesson, very important, failure, right? I mean, be resilient. Absolutely. It I teaches think, you a lot, you know? It teaches yeah, you a lot no, more does. than just passing, by the way. Yeah. I always say, you know, failure is delay is not defeat. You know, yes, it's absolutely. just delayed your, 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 uh, your, your, what do you call, final destination, but it's not, uh, it's not a full stop. Mm. It's a comma. Yeah? Absolutely. And what else? Um, so the same thing, again, dealing with rejections, right? So my work also involves a lot of it. So, mm. you know, I can understand that. Um, what is what is important in your career as well? Like, you know, you have to be out of comfort zone. Mm. So, you know, hungry. Mm. You know, you have to be hungry for new things, new challenges, new opportunities. Um, you know, there are people we come across in our daily lives who are at their position for years or, or in that role for years. Uh, you wonder, are they settled or are they comfortable? Yeah, right. Same thing, yeah. So I, I really wonder, people are there for like 25 years in the Absolutely. same position. Absolutely. No promotions, same job, same company. And I think, holy crap. How it do limits they... your ability to think yeah. of new things. Yeah. And I think yeah. being hungry for better, be it career or be it personal life, just teaches you new things. Mm. You just pick up new things in life. And okay. I think this is what my entire CFA running journey has been about. Mm. New things. Look for new goals, so new three, personal best. So three lessons in life would be, uh, one is uh, don't complain. As in, you know, uh, every breathing is a blessing. Uh, what are we complaining about, really? Second is, failure is important. Uh, you don't have to fail, but if you do fail, take in the right spirit, learn to embrace the downfall. Uh, it helps you in, in life and career. And last but not the least, don't be hungry, you know, and push yourself outside your comfort zone, like you have done, you know, in both your career and studies and uh, personal life and fitness as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Karishma, for being a guest on today's uh, interview. It's been a great journey, a uh, great interview as well, because I've, we've known each other for quite a long time. And uh, I'm discovering more and more facets about you as well as, as time goes on. Thank you so much and uh, wish you a great career and hoping that, you know, you achieve a PB in the marathon uh, or marathons <laughs> and other <laughs> in part of your fitness journey, right, going forward. Yes, yeah? absolutely. Thank you so much. This podcast was brought to you by The Real Finance Mentor. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you found it insightful and inspirational. If you did enjoy this episode, please drop us a review and spread the word. And be sure to check out more exclusive content on therealfinancementor.com and my LinkedIn profile, which is Binot Shankar CFA. Let's keep in touch. Just add your name to the mailing list on therealfinancementor.com and we'll tell you about new episodes, plus book reviews, upcoming events and blogs. Till the next time, onwards and upwards.